Zach Gawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani. Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zach Gawani? None is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, winging it with Zakawani. We're sitting here at the 90 in Pioneer Square. It's raining. It's very Seattle-like, and the sounders keep rolling, man. They keep rolling. Um, we're gonna recap the game this past Saturday night. I was there working the sideline, the Sounders against the Houston Dynamo. It was actually a fantastic game to watch from a tactical perspective. Um, I think both teams would admit they can play better and have played better this year. But I think a lot of questions also were answered about both teams in the positive. And then two games this week, Orlando City tomorrow night um, at the time of this recording, uh, which, you know, it's a home game. You want to win that. We'll talk about that. And then going away to an Eastern Conference team, a team who's first in the Eastern Conference, has seen play a couple of times this year, much better than they were last year, the Philadelphia Union. So we'll talk about them as well. And I'll be talking to Sounders play-by-play announcer Keith Kostigan, kind of just getting his thoughts on the season so far. We're in mid-May. It's flying. It's flying. Um, the season so far the landscape of MLS and sort of where he sees the sound is biggest threats, especially in the Western Conference, coming from. But let's begin Saturday night. It was a return for Rui Diaz. I was very, very happy about that because I think when he plays, he adds a different dynamic to the team. I saw Branch Metz uh, the day before the game on the Friday. And, you know, we talk and one of the things I said to him was, you know, the thing that's different about Raul is Brian Schmetzer wants to play a very high-pressing game. And how do I know this? Well, one, he told me. But two, when I'm down there on the sideline and I'm standing by him, one of the common words he's screaming at the team is press, press, press. When they lose the ball, he wants the team to try to win it back right away, high-press. Now, that takes a lot of skill to do that. Believe me, it's not just running aimlessly. You run to try and force the other team to play into your hands in the way you want them. Maybe you force the ball to go to the right centre-back or the left centre-back or the goalkeeper. Whoever the weak link is, when they get the ball, you use that opportunity to try and get the ball back. The Sounders couldn't always have played this way. Here's why. In the beginning, early years, you had two incredible attacking players, Freddie Lundberg, Freddie Montero. They didn't like to defend. You know what? I won't throw them under the bus. I put myself there too. We like going one way, but we weren't going to press nonstop for 90 minutes. We had attacking players that weren't ready to defend. Oba did it in fits and bursts. He not always at times. Clint Dempsey didn't like to do it. You've had talented stars on the attacking side of the ball who were defending. You had to convince them. Not Raul. He leads that line. He wants to press. He loses the ball and he's the first to react. And it allows Brian Schmetzer to play in the way we're seeing this team play. Lose the ball, try to win it really high up the pitch. So I was very excited to see Raul back in the team. With that said, I was incredibly impressed by the Houston Dynamo. I wasn't sure what to make of them. No, I think they were unbeaten coming into the game. Um, most of their games had been at home. You know, it was, are they the real deal? Are they, are they not? And believe me, they are. This is a really good team. They will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. The Western Conference is incredible this year. LAFC look good. 
the Galaxy likely will be around. The Dynamo, for sure. I'm convinced Sporting Kansas City will figure it out. We played Minnesota recently, and they'll pick up some results here and there. Dallas looks to be decent again. It's a very competitive conference, and the Sounders, of course, will be there too. And so will the Houston Dynamo. They're passing, their possession, the way they attack the Sounders. You don't really see teams come to CenturyLink and try to take the game to Seattle. The Dynamo did that. To do that, you have to be very, very brave because you're leaving space and behind for the likes of Rui Diaz, Victor Rodriguez, um, uh, Brad Smith, Nico Lodero, Jordan Morris, Christian Rodan. I mean, incredible players. So it takes risks to go toe-to-toe with the Sounders at CenturyLink Field. And they did it. So we have to give them credit. With that said, neither team played at their very best. The Dynamo were missing the final third. They had chances. You know, Minotas got in, skies it over the crossbar. He should score that one. Elise had a header he should finish. He, 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 he made a mess of it. The Sounders was a bit disjointed, especially second half. No, especially first half, actually. Second half got a bit better, but it was disjointed. It wasn't the fluent game you like to see. However, in those situations, you need special players to make special plays. And the Sounders have that in Christian Rodon. He scored a great goal in the last game. Didn't win goal of the week. And it's like he said, all right, I want to see you guys deny me my goal of the week this week. What a strike. What a strike. The first touch, the confidence, the connection, the way he hit it. It's one of those balls you say he hit it sweetly. The second it left his foot, you knew it was going in. Ten goalkeepers are not going to save that. The dip was perfect, and it was a game worthy of winning any game, a goal worthy of winning any game. And especially that game where that's what you needed. You wasn't free-flowing in the attack. Raul struggled at times to get in the game. Didn't think it was Nico's best game. Didn't think it was Jordan Morris's best game. Victor Rodriguez got injured. It wasn't quite the dynamic sound as we've seen at times this season, especially in the very early part of the season, you needed a player to make a big play and they don't get much more special than that type of goal. So what does that mean? Four games without a win, the fifth game coming, you just have to win. Find a way to win. When you look at the calendar, and you know we have two home games this week, one away, the two home games have to be six points. They have to be six points. If you can get some points away from home, which they will try, great. But losing to Philadelphia, you will take that as long as you pick up the six points at home. Because you're going to drop points at some point in the season. Nobody here is Manchester City and nobody here is Liverpool. You don't win 14 games in a row. You don't win nine games in a row. That just doesn't happen. You don't go through MLS season losing only one game. You will lose games. But you try to win all your home games. If you can do that, it gives you 17 wins. That's always, for me, something you've got to try to do. Then you pick up five, six, seven away from home. You'll be in and around the supporter shield. So the Sounders had to win on Saturday. They did that. It showed another side of the team. Ability to win when not playing well. The great Sir Alex Ferguson said that. He always could tell if his Manchester United team for that season would be there or thereabouts come the end of the season when the trophies were being handed out by how many games they won when they were playing badly. And the Sounders didn't have their best game. They'll be the first to admit that. But they won against a very, very good team. The Houston Dynamo will beat a lot of teams this year. They are the real deal. And Seattle won. So it's a great win overall. Congrats again to Christian Rodan for incredible goal. I'm sure he has to win goal of the week. If it's anybody votes fairly with any sense, I saw the goal from the DC United player. Christian Rodan's goal was the best goal this week. I say that as-
wisely as possible. Stay tuned. When we return, I'll be talking with Keith Costigan, sound his play-by-play announcer, to get a bigger view, kind of the landscape of what's going on in MLS, and in particular, who he thinks will be the Sounders' main challengers, not only for the Shield, but further down the road for MLS Cup itself. And then after that, we will be previewing the Orlando City game, and we'll touch briefly also on the Philadelphia Union game. Adero. He's going to fall for Roldan. We've seen him score from this distance already. He's done it again! Two weeks in a row, Christian Roldan! What absolute scorchers! The confidence flowing for the Sounders number seven! All right, I'm joined now by Keith Costigan, who's actually out in Las Vegas. We'll talk about why in just a second. But first and foremost, Keith, I want to get your thoughts on the game that we just saw this Saturday. I, you know, in the first segment said... I felt that both teams would probably look back on that and think they could have played better. I thought in the final third, Houston was wasteful. And I didn't think it was Seattle's best passing game or very dynamic. But sometimes the sign of a good team is winning when you're not playing well. And of course, the winning goal is a goal that's worthy of winning any game. But what were your thoughts on what we saw Saturday night? And did we learn anything? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I'd agree with that. Um, particularly in the first half, I thought Houston played really well in possession. Uh, you know, we got the early goal, which was, was obviously important to have that lead. But after that, I thought Houston had, had a control of about 20, 25 minutes where they created a couple of chances. But I, I did like the adjustments the team made and, and, uh, and Coach Smetzer made at halftime. I thought in the second half, we had much more possession. We had much more control of the game. And, and we kept, look, they're a really good team. Yeah. I, I don't know if people realize how good Houston are this year, but, you know, we kept... Albert Elise really quiet, Memo Rodriguez really quiet, and, and Mara Minota is really quiet in that second half. So I think it was one of those wins at the time you might say, hey, we weren't 100% at our best. But when you look back uh, and you look back at the, the work that Houston are going to do this year, you'll say, hey, that was, that was a good win against a really good team. I agree with you. Um, you know, the Sounders came out of the gates, I mean, just playing at an incredible pace. I remember we did the home game against Colorado Rapids and that first 20 minutes was so fast and the football was great. We haven't quite seen them reach that height, which I think is okay. What I will say to you is this. Do you think the Sounders are missing anything in terms of, could they add any pieces? Could they change anything they're doing tactically? Or is it a case of they came out of the gates just really, really high and that's a level that's just so hard to maintain? Yeah, I think the start of the season when teams are, everybody kind of comes into the season saying, we're going to go for it, we're going to attack. And, and I think if teams, any team that come out and, you know, attack us and, uh, and, and leave gaps, we're going to exploit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we did that well very early on in the season. The difference at the weekend was Houston kept the ball quite well. And I think you mentioned it in, in the broadcast about uh, Houston's ability to press. So yeah. they did push numbers forward, but when they, when they pressed, they won the ball back quickly. And that didn't allow us to really get going on the counter-attack. And yeah, just, just on what we're missing, I think Victor coming off was, was, was a blow because the, the, the pace of our play, the tempo of our play, Victor, Nico, Brad, they have a great understanding on that side. Um, and, and that was kind of missing in that final third. I thought we were a little bit slow to get in behind when we did have possession as well. Yeah. Um, but again, you go through periods like that. You're not always going to have the, the game go exactly how you want it scripted. So the ability to win in different ways is important. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I was looking to add one thing, it would be another another game changer to complement Nico and, and Victor yeah. and, and Raul and Jordan in that final third. So when we do have to mix it up, 
um, we, we have the ability to go deep in the roster and, and still be that threat in, uh, in, in creating and taking goal-scoring chances. Yeah. I remember, I want to ask you this, I remember in my rookie year, I felt like, you know, I'm a pretty good player and all, all this and that. And then some way, maybe midway through my second season with the Sounders, I could feel myself just getting better and better and kind of like becoming not just a good young player, but a good player. And I had a teammate at the time, a guy called Jeff Park, who said to me, you know, we're watching you grow into the player you'll be. I feel that way now about Christian Rodon. I know he's been there for a while, but I just feel watching him in the past couple games, he's arguably becoming the team's most important player because of everything he does. And now he's adding goals. Of course, he's not going to score a wonder goal every week. But do you agree that we're... He's somehow getting better than even as great as he has been. Yeah, I, I think on Christian, the the, I mean, for you, I, I think you know your ability as an attacking player. The more you're you're a threat in that final third, yeah. the more that confidence grows. And and we saw that with you as a player. With, with Christian, he was kind of um, you know always going to be second fiddle to Ozzy Alonso. That was always going to be Ozzy's midfield. Yeah. So sometimes when when you allow a player like Ozzy to go, it is a loss because I think he's he's still one of the top you know, four or five midfielders in the league. But yeah. all of a sudden, the onus is on Christian to, to step up even more. And I think he's enjoying that freedom. I think he's saying, look, the, the club have shown faith in me. They let, they let Ozzy go because they have belief in me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think maybe last year, are, are we saying that Christian goes and takes those shots and, and comes on to that first ball so quickly against Minnesota? I don't know. Right. Um, but there's definitely a growth and a maturity. And I think even, even Gustav not being there, him and Jordy, he is the senior player in that midfield. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's done an incredible job. And he's one of those players that maybe had, had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder when he came into the league. And I always think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because you're constantly trying to prove yourself. And, and, and I think he's going to keep getting better as well. But, yeah, that, that elevation has continued in the last few weeks is has been just as good as we've seen Christian play since he came in the league. Yeah. Um, I think the Sounders can compete for the support shield for sure. That should be a goal for this club with the start they've made. And also MLS Cup. Who do you think is going to be their biggest obstacles? I stand on record saying the best team I've seen this season is LAFC. I think, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. I think the Houston Dynamo will be there or thereabouts. The Galaxy, I think, will find some consistency and be there or thereabouts. But who do you kind of see in this Western Conference as being um, the main threats to the Sounders' ambitions? Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's LAFC. Funny enough, I think Atlanta United are going are to steady the ship and, and they've yeah. already started to. I think they're strong defensively. They have game changers. So, um, but I think, I think the Sounders have given themselves the start to the season where you can host in the playoffs or, or if you get you know, to, to face an Eastern Conference team in MLS Cup, you host. And that, that is massive down the stretch for me. But yeah, I think LAFC have depth in every position good going forward. They're better defensively than they were last year. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that the Sounders are just three points behind them right now, you, you know, says everything about how, how good we've started the campaign. But yeah. I expect LAFC to, to go out and add to their squad in the summer as well. Um, so I think we're going to have to do the same to keep pace. But look, with Atlanta United last year, we, we saw like a, a a, a real push for that team to be successful. Yeah. Um, they weren't afraid to bring in big-name players. The squad was excellent. And, and you get that same feeling from, from LAFC. And I think they have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder the way they went out last year. I think Bob Bradley came back to this league with, it, with a real point to prove because um, I think he felt a little bit hard done by in his time at Swansea. So all the elements are there for LAFC. Um, I, I, I think Seattle and LAFC are the best two teams in MLS. And I expect to see them meet in the Western Conference Final. And, 
you know, on their day, I think Seattle can compete with anybody, but that, that's going to be the most difficult test uh, competing with them for that Western Conference crown. I agree on that. Um, you're a man of many travels, so I want to talk about two of your trips. One, your previous trip, and then the trip you're on now. You were in the stands for what many people are calling maybe the greatest night ever at Anfield. It's such a historic stadium. If people know their history, they know who Liverpool is. 3-0 down against a Messi-led Barcelona and they did the improbable without some of their key players and came back 4-0. One, I know you're a fan, but did you really believe they could do it? And two, what was it actually like to be there live? We saw it on TV, but you were in the stands. No, look, look, I'm being completely honest. Uh, I, I went with a, a buddy of mine, uh, Tony Warner, beforehand. We went out and I said, what do you reckon for tonight? And I, I said I thought Liverpool would win. I thought they'd win 2-1. I said, you know, it's going to be so tough to keep Barcelona from scoring when, when you're pushing numbers forward. He, he said 2-0 Barcelona. So uh, when, when you got inside the stadium, the belief was there from the fans. I've, I've been there for some incredible European nights when they beat Real Madrid 4-0, Roma 5-2 last year. When, when Liverpool scored 1-0, th- there was a belief there. The minute that ball hit the back of the net from Wijnaldum for 2-0, I don't think there was any doubt inside that stadium that Liverpool were going to complete the comeback. It, it was unbelievable to, to look on the field and see a, a team like Barcelona with so many star players just, just lose, their, lose their way. Um, and, and I know people can say, you know, you look at Anfield, it's not as big as, as the new Camp. It's not as intimidating to look at as, as the Bernabeu. But inside that stadium, when that atmosphere is going, it, it's electric. It takes control. And, and the second half was just almost like a blur in terms of the energy that the, the fans provided for Liverpool to get over the finish line. So, I mean, it was absolutely incredible to be there, a night that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And uh, But yeah, at the start of the night, I definitely didn't 100% believe. I had a lot of hope, yeah. but I, I didn't believe that Liverpool were going to pull that off. And you're in Vegas, and there are many things people can do in Vegas. You're there for football, for a game. Um, tell us a bit about the game you're there for, who you're coaching against. I think people probably already know. And then what you expect from the game tonight. Yeah, well, we have Cal FC, who's a, a team in California. Michael Friedman's the owner, uh, approached me about a year ago and said, hey, look, we've had some good US Open Cup runs in the past. What do you think about getting together and, and trying to create something? So, you know, I have a good, a good understanding of a lot of players in LA. We put our heads together. We built a team. And... Uh, you know, it, it kind of snowballed from there. At the time, we didn't really believe that we could do it this year. We were looking more towards next year. But uh, we played Cal United, who I think everybody considers the top amateur team in the country. Uh, and, and we knocked them out. We, we knocked them out in the in the U.S. Open Cup preliminary rounds. Um, the, the, the guys that we brought in enjoy playing together. And lo and behold, the, the, the gods of the U.S. Open Cup draw have put us against Eric Winalda, who's a former Cal FC coach, yeah. who's a former colleague of mine, who's a, a guy who loves to talk smack. Um, <laughs> so, you know, tonight is going to be a fun night. It's, it's an opportunity for our players to test themselves against the pro team. And, you know, we're going in with no fear and, and hoping we can get a win. Great stuff, Keith. Well, always a pleasure. Um, wish you the best tonight, Keith. And uh, we'll see you soon, man. Thank you. And good luck to you tonight in your game as well. Get it done. <laughs> I was trying to keep that quiet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. You know who it is. It's me, baby. Young P. All right, we're still here. Welcome back. Um, thanks again to Keith Costigan for joining us. The Sounders FC at home tomorrow night at Central Field playing against Orlando City. 
Orlando City, Orlando United, Orlando City, Orlando City, I believe. So many names now, I can't keep up. The scouting report, here's the three things I really think you should be paying attention to. And again, anytime this guy plays, I kind of lean towards him because he's such a difference maker. So number one would be Raul Rui Diaz. Saturday night was not his best game. Understandable. After you've been out for, you know, the, the time he was out, your first start in a while, you'll have a bit of rust. But when he got subbed off, you could see the frustration on his face because he was just like, I had one or two chances that normally I just bury. And I live for one or two, chan- for one or, one or two chances. Those are what I live for. That's why I'm on the pitch. I'm not on the pitch to dribble five guys. I'm not on the pitch to combine um, so much and build, do a build-up play. I'm there to be at the end of things and finish them. That's my lifeblood. That's my oxygen. And I didn't get it done. You can see that. But I love when a striker like that holds themselves to such a high standard and you can expect a bounce-back game. You can expect that this guy will need just one or two chances to find the back of the net. Anything that falls in that 18-yard box, he has a great nose for it. He can sniff it. I always go back to the goal he scored against Portland in the Western Conference game uh, last season in the playoffs when the keeper spilled it. Yes, goalkeeping mistake, but who was first there? Not a defender, not another teammate. It was Raul Rui Diaz. That is a gift. As much as a gift is of dribbling players, it's a gift to know where the ball is going to land to read it and then be able to put the ball in the back of the net. So I absolutely expect him to be fired up and ready to get after it. Number two, the other striker on the other side, Dom Dwyer, my fellow Englishman. He's struggling, struggling. No goals in a few games. Hasn't had the best start to the season. But listen, goal scorers are dangerous. I know he's not the most popular guy up here in Seattle, but you should always, always pay a little bit of respect to goal scorers. Because when they haven't scored for a few games, they get frustrated. So you have to keep him quiet for the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that first half. And then the doubts begin to creep in. Another game. Is it going to be seven games without a goal? But if he gets a couple of chances early and he's in and around the action and he's buzzing around, then the confidence builds. And he starts to believe that when that chance comes, oh, I'm going to bury this. So you have to be very, very careful with that kind of player. So he scares me a little bit from that perspective. And if he plays, then he's a guy who definitely, with a chance or two, he can put the ball in the back of the net. Number three, the replacement for Victor Rodriguez. I have no first-hand knowledge, but thinking how Brian Schmetzer thinks. I know he wants to win this game. You can play Harry Ship. I think that's a safer option. But the more exciting option is Andualo Buona. And I think he's earned it. I think he was great in the home game here against San Jose. Obviously, the LAFC game at home was with, with 10 men. It was tougher for him. And I think he struggled away at Minnesota, playing on the right-hand side. He's much better on the left-hand side where he would be tomorrow night. So I, I say play him. Let the kid lose. Plays with no fear. He's maybe the one guy on the squad that gets the ball and the first thing he thinks of is how can I dribble and just get at this guy and he unbalances defenders and you hate to play against that kind of player. He's fearless. He has so many qualities and gifts that you cannot coach, you can't teach. They're natural. They're God-given talents. So I want to see him play. I want to see him play and I want to see him play fearlessly like he did against San Jose when he cut inside a couple of times and forced some saves from the goalkeepers. He gets the fans out of their seats. Get, if it's an, I, I watched the game standing up. If I was sitting down, he'd be getting me off my seat. Believe me. 
incredible, incredible, fearless young player. I hope he plays tomorrow night. If he does, keep an eye on him to be the guy the Sounders look for to unbalance the defensive line and then it creates space for everyone centrally, Raul Ruiz Diaz, Nico Lodero, because Andwala will start attracting one or two players when the scouting reports out on him. The double teaming will come. People will be aware of what he can do and it's up to him to answer the call and repay the faith Brian Schmetzer hopefully shows in him. Well, that's it. That's all we've got time for. The Sounders will be in Philadelphia this weekend, playing against the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Um, a team who's had a surprisingly really, really good start to the season, so you must be aware of that. But it's about tomorrow night. It's about picking up three points again, making it six points on the bounce, win your home games, and then roll into that Philadelphia game high on confidence and then try to get the best result you can there. I'm Steve Zakwani. This has been Winging It with Zakwani. Thanks as always for tuning in and listening. I will be back here and I will see you next week.